It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's Expert Tuesday with Andy Herman from Packer Report and the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of Bears-Packers and look forward here to this team coming up in the playoffs. Before we get to that, though, this conversation came up again on Monday. Matt LaFleur was asked about coverage and some of the soft coverage and and whatever it is. And, And he actually brought it up unprompted. The, the coverage thing and pointed to a third and five, he said, where they were playing off and it was an easy completion. And there were actually probably a couple plays that he could have pointed to that 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 was taking place. And there are a couple things here that I think are worth pointing out. The first is in this instance, LaFleur specifically said that he wanted players to feel confident doing this. And I I think we have to remember that within these calls, a defensive play call is not as simple as, okay, it's it's all in the, the play call where everything, every little detail of your responsibility is in the play call. So if you have a certain kind of coverage on. In at least in in certain circumstances, against certain kinds of formations, a corner is going to have options about how they want to play that. And Mike Patton famously among his players empowers them to make choices and understands that the the defensive call is a framework and there are some things you can do, especially if you're going to be right, that you can play with. And so there may be times, for example, on third and, and short or third and medium, where, you know, the the call is some kind of off coverage. And if you're Jair Alexander, that works because he's twitchy. He can click and close. Notice how in these situations, the clips that have gone viral, all of those things, it's never thrown at 23. 23 is never the target of these throws. It's Kevin King. And so I think LaFleur was speaking directly to 2-0. And saying, look, these are the calls. And yes, you have this zone responsibility to this side. But we need you to come up and press a little bit. And don't be afraid to do that. The other part of it is Mike Patton, right? 
you have to have your players in the best positions to succeed. So how do you want to treat your defense? Do you want to put your best player in Jair Alexander in the best possible position? Do you want to make calls that put him in the best position to succeed? Because there were a number of times in the game on Sunday when the fact that he was playing a little bit off where he could read and react and come up to the football was actually the best thing for the play. There was a a play, they go play action, and Christian Kirksey gets the sack. Well, one of the reasons why is because Trubisky turns and Jair Alexander is breaking on the route by Allen Robinson. He was playing off coverage. So it's not like it's always bad to do that. It's just better to have guys like Jair Alexander. He's really, really, really good. This is a question that I don't think, frankly, is easily answered. Now, in certain situations, maybe you want to say, We can't be afraid to play more man. We can't be afraid to be tight to the line of scrimmage. And this is something LaFleur has talked about a number of times this season. We've talked about it on this show, that it felt like he was speaking to Mike Patton. And to be sure, the last two months, a lot has changed. They're they're playing more man coverage. They're playing more single high. And they've been more aggressive dictating terms. They've played more bare fronts. Snacks Harrison only played a dozen snaps on Sunday, but a lot of them were meaningful snaps, getting linebackers free, allowing Chris Barnes behind to roam. I mean, that's an aggressive move to try and improve this defense. So you have to, this has to be a balance here. At a certain point, you need the players to do the thing. And for the last two months, they've done it. For the last two months, going back to that, that loss to the Vikings, In the middle of the season, over the last two months, Green Bay is fifth in EPA per play defensively. Fifth. Fifth. One of the best defenses in football on a per play basis over the last two months. So you really can't quibble with the work that they've done in making alterations to this defense. Now, in certain situations, yeah, okay. You'd like, to, you'd like to be a little bit more aggressive on third and two. You'd like to be a little closer to the line of scrimmage. There was one play where they called this, Patton had a slot blitz in there, and Darnell Savage couldn't get there in time. Now, if Mitch Trubisky doesn't recognize the slot blitz, then maybe you have a better call on. Sometimes you just get caught. And it's not as if Mitch Trubisky is an expert at pre-snap reads. In fact... Earlier in the game, Darnell Savage lined up as the slot corner. He was blitzing, and he ended up getting a tackle for loss because the Bears didn't know he was coming. So if on that same play where the play works for the Bears, that Trubisky doesn't realize Shannon Sullivan is coming and throw hot, when you recognize the slot blitz or the corner blitz, especially throw to where the blitz comes from. Because they're replacing. They're having to rotate and replace. And oftentimes, you can't get there in time. And that's why it's so great. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, these guys can beat you with their brain pre-snap. So, again, this is it, it's not just as simple as play tight every down. It's not as simple as just play man coverage every third and five. Because those are tells and tendencies too. Now, you are more likely, every team in the league is more likely to be in man coverage in those situations. You're more likely to get man coverage in the red zone. Because the windows are tighter 
and you're not as likely to get pressure. So you have to make sure that you are not being predictable by down and distance. It is both the responsibility of the players and the coaches to make this work. Now, we can't just focus on one guy and say, okay, well, this is the problem. Because one of the reasons why over the last few months this has gotten so much better is because guys like Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage are balling out. Over the last month and a half, the highest graded safeties, the two highest graded safeties by Pro Football Focus, both play for the Packers. Adrian Amos made the PFF All-Pro team. That's how good he's been this year. And he was that good on Sunday against his old team. And he he may not flash in, in the ways that Darnell Savage does. He's just always in the right positions. And his ability behind, Darnell Savage's ability behind, does make you want to say, hey, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Shannon Sullivan, don't be afraid to get beat over the top because you have these guys waiting there. The thing about that is, that's not what they do best. They're not center field erasers. They're not Earl Thomas. They're not Jesse Bates in Cincinnati. They're not guys that if your corner gets beat, they're going to make the play to the sideline. They're versatile. They're attacking. They're good in man coverage. They're good underneath. They're good at the line of scrimmage. They're good breaking on the ball in the middle of the field. But they're not going to roam from you know, the the middle of the field to the far sideline. That's a really hard play to make. Almost no defensive back is going to be able to do that. So it's not quite as simple as, oh, we just can't get worried. We're just not going to get worried about getting beat deep. No, you always have to be worried about that. So all of this is, is to say, number one, this is not as easy as just do the thing more. And And if I've oversimplified it in that way, I, I did you a disservice. I hope I didn't. I don't think I did. But being more aggressive is certainly something that I think would benefit everyone. That doesn't mean in every situation it's just play more man coverage. And this defense, with the changes that it has made, has been really, really, really good. And the fact that they were able to make those changes, obviously, is a credit to Mike Patton. We've talked about that. We talked about it coming into the Bears game. We talked about it coming into the Titans game. And they proved it. That Titans game was real. That Titan game was outstanding defensively. The signature performance of this defense. For my money, the signature performance of the Mike Patton era. They're playing at a high level. The offense is playing at a high level. And so I I don't look at it. You know, you look at the, the ways that they played these teams the last few weeks. It's hard for me to believe that they're going to play Tom Brady the same way they played Mitch Trubisky. And it's hard for me to believe they're going to play Drew Brees the same way they pray, they play Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. They've shown that they can be adaptable. And if you look at the next-gen passing chart from the Bears game, everything is underneath. Everything is underneath. And yes, there is a difference between you know letting up and saying, okay, you can just have everything underneath. And forcing someone to take the underneath throws. When you're disciplined about what's going on deep. If teams think they can beat you over the top. Even if you're going to let them take the underneath. They'll beat you over the top. 
But the Packers aren't consistently getting beat over the top. In fact, the Mooney play is an outlier on what we've seen from this team, even against some good quarterbacks, even against Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins and you know Deshaun Watson. They haven't been giving up those kinds of big plays. And so make teams go 10, 12, 15 plays. And when this offense is playing the way that it is, and they've proven they can do it against anyone, that style of defense can work. And especially if you're going to get turnovers, you're going to get pressures. The second half of the year, Rashawn Gary has as many pressures as Darius Smith. That depth and, they, and the team, the team has more pressures by a huge factor. I mean, it's more than 50% higher in terms of pressures, second half of the season versus the first half of the season. They're playing better. And sometimes a defensive coordinator looks a lot better when his players just start playing better. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. It's the NFL playoffs, the best time to bet. You want to have money on the line, skin in the game when the ball gets kicked this weekend. Go to Bet Online and they will give you a free account, no charge. Just put in your information, and when you deposit money with them, they will give you a 50% welcome bonus when you use the code locked on. You put money in, use the code, and they will match that bonus up to 50%. Books are not in the market of just giving people money, and yet they will do it when you sign up because you listen to Locked On Packers. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. And betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's get to our conversation with our buddy Andy Herman. He is a writer at Packer Report. He is the founder of Packaday Podcasts. You know him from the hostage videos that he shoots on YouTube. No, he's got a he's got a picture up now. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Andy, thanks for coming back on Locked On Packer. Hey, Peter. Thanks, uh, as always, for having me. This is, what, number three or four time? I'm losing track, but I uh, always enjoy to talk to you here on the Locked On Packers podcast network. Yeah, at, at some point, you're going to have to drop the bit about not knowing what show we are because you've been on enough that you have to know by now. 
Yeah, I suppose. It's a good bit, though. I don't want to give up the bit, so maybe I'm going to have to stop coming on just so I can keep up the bit. But uh, I'll do my best to to kind of make both things work still. Speaking of bits, um, can you update me on um, the Packers window relative to the Bears window? <laughs> I like the Packers window just a little bit more. I think that uh, that tweet from a couple of years ago uh, came to fruition pretty well. Is is it's so interesting looking back? Like it's one of those things where like I didn't put a ton of thought into like the overall tweet, and I should probably know better, especially if it involves the Chicago Bears. But like to me, I'm I'm always looking at teams from the eye of all right. Did they get better? Did they stay the same? Or did they get worse? And Going back a couple of years, looking at that Bears team and seeing, you know, obviously going from Amos to Haha and, um, you know, losing, you know, what was it, Jordan Howard? I forget even the the, the names of the players. Yeah. Bryce Callahan, I know. Um, and then, of course, you know, losing Vic Fangio, not having any draft picks coming up, you know, banking on Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. It wasn't even necessarily that I thought they were going to be a really bad team that year. It was more just the fact that they didn't have a ton of room for error. A lot of their stars were aging. They didn't have opportunity to add more players because they were already at cap, you know, and, and they were banking so much on Mitch Trubisky getting better, which I thought even at the time uh, was maybe a little bit foolhardy. So um, I, I kind of saw it that way and it, it came to fruition that way. And of course, Green Bay bounced back in a major way with Matt LaFleur. Um, and kind of a perfect storm for Packer fans and a really, really awful storm for Bears fans. Yeah, the last two years have kind of been a victory lap for you and I, given how that spring played out and all of the shit that we took from and, <laughs> and continue to take, by the way, from Bears fans. But uh, we don't have to do that because, look, um, the Packers are 13 and three. They're the number one seed and they're not playing this weekend, which. Uh, I think speaks to the quality of the coaching staff this season. There's some internal growth. I know that you are are someone who's going to look at every snap and you you grade these guys. Maybe it's not the grade, but who are the guys whose development from 2019 to 2020 in your mind really impacted the most this jump from being this fun story, Matt Lafleur in year one, but you know they're winning a lot of these close games to legitimate Super Bowl by football outsiders, the, the favorite. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a few things that you can point to. I think, first of all, and I'm not going to go every position by every position, but to me, it really starts with the offensive line. And I think this works hand in hand with running more of Matt LaFleur's offense and his system and really giving the, the Packers an opportunity to get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands quickly. He's bought into that, getting it in their playmakers' hands. I mean, it's not super difficult as an offensive lineman when you've got a handful of plays each game that are just quick passes to the outside and it ends up being a, a three-on-two with a, a receiver with two blockers or Devonte Adams one-on-one -on -one with a corner who's playing seven yards off. Like you get some of those quick, easy plays and it, it takes some of the pressure and the onus off of the offensive line. But I think uh, just the growth of the offensive line has really helped as well. I think, you know, I think Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, even David Bakhtiari when he was healthy, I think were generally around the same levels that they were last season. But I think not having the drop off at right tackle that was expected. And then I think just that right guard position, Billy Turner really struggled at times last year especially towards the end of the season. I think the overall play at right guard has been much better. And then more importantly than anything, there were legitimately games last year where Alex Light or, uh, you know, specifically Alex Light, I should say, had to come in and it was an absolute nightmare. Now, some of those yeah. were against Nick Bosa and the 49ers and, and uh, the Eagles with their pass rush tandem. But they didn't have the depth along the offensive line to survive some of those instances. So that was a major issue too. And obviously the depth along the offensive line has been a huge story all year. 
that then equates to a much better Aaron Rodgers because uh, one, he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's being much more efficient. We know the completion percentage is higher. So he's taking a significant step up. And then two other quick things on offense. I, I think the difference it's not that Robert Tunyon and maybe the the duo of MBS and Alan Lazard are like, yeah, I know you can make an argument for Pro Bowl Robert Tunyon based on the touchdowns and things like that, but it's not like their overall play has been just astounding. But when you take a look at how poor Jimmy Graham and Geronimo Allison both played last year in fairly significant roles, obviously Jimmy Graham, but uh, Geronimo Allison as well, um, the uptick from going between two players that were basically albatrosses on offense to just solid overall players who can actually help you is also a really huge key. So on offense, those would be the players that I would have to point to. Do you have any on, on defense? Cause I have a couple in mind. Yeah. I think first of all, the, the growth of Darnell Savage has been a big one. And I think over the course of the last, what, eight weeks or so, we really see that come to fruition. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised last year when I had uh, Darnell Savage as I think my second or third lowest graded player on, on defense last year. Um, I really like the talent. I really like the player. I never wavered on that. I always thought the potential was there, um, but I did think that he took some poor angles to the football, missed some tackles, was unsure of himself at times. And we even see, saw signs of that a little bit towards the beginning of this year. But about eight weeks ago, it seemed like the light went on. Um, they started playing him in that robber position a little bit more. Uh, but I think that's been a huge one. I also think the jump for Jair Alexander from really good cornerback to potentially great to all pros, you know, caliber cornerback has been something where they've been able to put him on an island a little bit more. Um, trying to think who else here. I think, you know, Rashawn Gary has definitely taken a step, you know, especially with, you know, playing more snaps. Um, so I think those three would probably be the ones that I'd have to take a look at. And then I do think that, you know, Blake Martinez was a player that was a, a lower graded player for me a season ago as well. And I think just recently with Chris Barnes playing better at that, that full-time inside linebacker role, I think that's actually, I don't know if I can say it's been an improvement, but it's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I don't think anyone going into training camp thought that Chris Barnes was going to come in and and solidify that front seven. And and you heard Matt Lafleur talk about it on Monday that that his growth in this defense, which allowed Christian Kirksey to play the will, which is really his more natural position, has has done a lot to improve this run defense. Has done a lot to improve this defense overall. I mentioned in the open since that Vikings loss, this Packers defense is fifth in EPA per play. They've been legitimately really good, and now that that we are, are facing uh, a playoffs where there's going to be some real offensive threats, that defensive evolution, as much as anything, seems like the reason that this team can legitimately compete for a Super Bowl. I couldn't agree more on either point. I definitely think that having a, a defense where I'm not, I'm not ready to crown them and say like, hey, they're going to be able to shut down Tom Brady and Drew Brees or Russell Wilson or whoever's coming their way, but they're doing things the right way. They're rallying to the football. They're playing team defense. Their gap assignments have been much more sound. Um, that you know We've seen it against Derrick Henry um, and David Montgomery these last couple of weeks where they've been able to, to definitely hold both of those players well below their, their expectations going into that game. You know, Allen Robinson couldn't get anything going. Corey Davis couldn't get anything going. AJ Brown was shut down for the most part. Like they, they are shutting down some major facets of these opposing offenses. And while again, I'm not ready to say that that's going to happen in the playoffs. I like the way that they're playing. They're attacking the right way. Players are peaking at the right time. And as far as Chris Barnes goes, I, I, I obviously I agree with Matt LaFleur. He knows more than I do, but uh, you know, I, I couldn't agree more on the fact that he is absolutely solidified 
the middle of that defense and just having somebody that can play in that same position for three downs can hold up as a pass defender in run defense. Like he's just been able to do all of it. And that's not something that they've had um, really, you know, earlier this year. And I think that was a major issue for them. There's going to be a, like a Bears Wire article tomorrow. Andy Herman compares Derrick Henry to David Montgomery, and it's going to be glorious. I just, <laughs> it's going to, I just know it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in how this offense is going to evolve in the playoffs for for Seattle. I mean, we saw they brought in Tyler Irvin and they had some of these interesting packages. Um, they broke some tendencies with some of the things that they put together. They had that. Uh, just gorgeous fake slant flat with Devontae Adams on the double move for the touchdown. If you were going to try and reach into the future a little bit here and say, okay, these are some of the tendencies that we've seen and and there are some ways that they could break them for big plays. Are there anything that you can think of just sort of off the top of your head where you say, okay, this is, this is a package that I don't think they've maximized, or this is a route combination that I don't think they've maximized that we could see more in the playoffs. Yeah, I would look for some of the stuff that they've been doing based off of those quick wide receiver screens, Um, whether it's just like a fake screen and go. um, I think that's something that they could definitely pull out of their pocket because we have seen teams, especially Carolina, just scream down and try to attack those quick screens to take those away. So just trying something off of that. We've also seen, um, I I think, in a couple scenarios where uh, we've seen them like almost run uh, a screen and then the player that goes to block runs like a quick slant inside um, and and ends up wide open because everyone's attacking the screenplay and if it's certainly if the if the dummy on the play is Devonte adams it's not hard to to see that maybe you know two or three players would bite on at on adams and all of a sudden mvs who's been a great run blocker in those situations all year long it, you know can bust out either deep or over the middle for a slant um i think you could do something with that um yeah, so that, that's probably the one that comes to mind. They've also run a bunch of bunch formation stuff. And I highlighted this one earlier in the year where they did two clear outs and then a slant, two clear outs and a slant, two clear outs and a slant. And then like the fifth or sixth time and in like the fifth or sixth week, they instead of a slant, they did basically like a slant and then an out. And the, the entire defense was, you know, going for the slant. And then he runs a quick out and the player's wide open. Um, I just think they have more route combinations even than that, that they can run off of that. And I think they've put quite a few tendencies on tape with some of these plays to the Packers credit, even with the tendencies on tape, other teams haven't exactly been able to stop it. And I think now green Bay has a lot of different things that they can potentially do off of those plays that has to be at least in the back of other teams' minds as well. Yeah. And we saw a little bit of it uh, on, on Sunday against the bears. They went to the 21 personnel package and ran some of the stuff that they ran last year with, with Jones and Jamal Williams with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. And just uh, the the versatility that that gives them to run that that jet quick screen with the RPO and and give Rodgers the option to either hand to Dylan or get the ball out to Aaron Jones. That seems like the kind of high percentage play that in January at Lambeau, where we know they're going to be playing, you can you can kill some teams with stuff like that. And that was something that we really hadn't seen much this year at all. No, I agree. And I mean, just. Just some of the double-edged sword, you know, situations that the Packers offense is able to put you in. I mean, first of all, you you just go with Devontae Adams out wide. All right, you want to press him close to the line. Well, how many times are they going to take advantage, especially in the slot of some of those fade situations or just, you know, Devontae Adams winning one-on-one with press coverage off the line of scrimmage because of his footwork. Are right, you want to play off of him? We're going to smoke screen you and we're going to pick up seven yards without any question or without, uh, you know, really breaking a sweat in any way, shape or form. So that's an issue. So 
So then you want to double team them. All right. Or you want to put extra coverage on that side of the field. All right. Well, we'll run up, you know, right up the middle on you. And now putting two running backs in the backfield, like uh, Aaron Jones and, and AJ Dillon, it just opens things up even more. So you want to make sure that Aaron Jones isn't getting the ball on that quick screen. All right. And you're going to have to make sure that your linebacker is potentially screeching to the outside to make sure that that doesn't happen. In the meantime, you could easily be giving it up to uh, up the middle with AJ Dillon in winter. And you've got a 200 what I don't even know how many pound running back coming straight at you at full force. who can also cut on a dime. Like there's just so many compromising situations that Matt LaFleur and this offense can put you in. And Oh, by the way, they have a quarterback who knows what you're doing on defense before you do it. So they're, they're, they're going to make you wrong more often than not. Yeah. It's something that I've been really impressed with, with Matt LaFleur in year two, his ability to say, these are the core things that we do. And then if, if it's not working, here, here's the counter to it, or or here's something else to throw at you. And I think sometimes when they do have games where the offense bogs down a little bit, it's because LaFleur gets a little bit too entrenched in the game plan and going, no, this should work, and it's just not working. In fact, that's something he mentioned uh, in the Panthers game, that, that they just didn't stick to the run game, even though Carolina was giving it to them. Uh, I want to close on this, Andy. Um, make your Make your case for all pro Kevin King. Oh, goodness. Well, how could you not? I mean, it's <laughs> arguably the best one. No. It, it's, it's so funny. Like I've been, I was told who, who did I just get labeled as like one? Oh, like Chris Barnes. Apparently I got told on my own podcast. last night. like Chris Barnes is one of my guys. Like I've been told like Kevin King's one of my guys. Of course, Tunyon and, and Tim Boyle are like my guys. Like I have this like running list of okay, my but guys. Tim like, Boyle only- is your guy. For sure. No, the, I'm willing to claim Tim Boyle and I'm willing to claim Robert Tunyon because like those are guys like I was on like before people even knew who they were and like all those things. Like I'm willing to take those like no no worries whatsoever. But the only banner uh, that I've been able to carry for Kevin King is that I've said you know, I think he's a little bit better than he gets credit for. And I think he's their number two corner and better than anyone else they have on the roster at playing across from Jair Alexander. Certainly has not been great. Certainly has his warts. Um, but even in yesterday's game, uh, the, yeah, were there a couple completions against him? Sure. Um, but I th- and there were certainly some really poor tackling. That, that No question about it whatsoever. That's one of those warts that I just mentioned. But like with Jair Alexander on the other side, you, the, the number two corner in this defense is going to get a ton of targets their way, as is Chandon Sullivan as the number three, because you're just not going to throw at Jair a ton. So um, I just think that, you know, because of that, King gets a little bit more hate than maybe he deserves, but I am not willing to defend uh, his tackling. And uh, I certainly, uh, I can't, I can't claim him as one of my guys that I have an Andy Herman uh, bumper <laughs> sticker on, uh, on Kevin King at all times. Oh, it was just, I, I had to do it. Let, let me, let me finish with this. I said I was going to finish with the Kevin King thing. So you have some unpopular food opinions. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to claim. Right. I know you are, you have no shame about that. What is a food in your estimation that is properly rated in terms of its goodness? So I'm asking for your least controversial food take. I mean, who doesn't like like pizza or cheeseburgers or tacos? Like those are all like core staples. They're all rated great. Um, I think people get bogged down a little bit too much in like the pizza debate of like, you know, New York versus pan style versus thin crust. Like it's all pizza. It's all amazing uh, because it's all freaking pizza, which is the best food in the world. But um, yeah, you eat that I, on I, Thanksgiving, right? 
What's that? Yeah, pizza for Thanksgiving every year. And Peter, I, I can come on the Locked On Packers podcast today, January fourth. This has been this has been my food today. This is this is a new leaf for for Andy Herman. I'm breaking news here on the Locked On Packers podcast. Uh, I had an orange today. I had a banana. Uh, wow. I had some scrambled eggs, and uh, I've had uh, some assorted uh, mixed nuts, like some walnuts and pecans, raw, no no cook, no seasonings, no nothing. Um, and I think uh, in a little bit, I'm going to make uh, some lean beef and, and some asparagus. So this is a very, very healthy day for, for Andy Herman. Wow. This is, this is terrific. Um, <laughs> it, will, it will no doubt negatively impact um, your, your tweeting and your content. You'll just find that like, you'll be like Phil Mickelson who, when, when he's slimmed down. It's like, no, I, I actually just like, kind of suck when I'm slimmed down. Like, <laughs> fluffy Phil is just better. I think, I think that's what's going to happen here. I'm going to lose all my powers. Like everything's going to go away. I'm not going to, not going to be able to break down anything anymore. Like the source of everything is, has been pizza and cheeseburgers. I think that's the perfect place to end this. Andy, thanks for coming on. (laughs) Thanks Peter. Today's episode is also brought to you by our old friends at rock auto. You remember then this is so simple carport buying, not simple going online being able to easily search for the parts that you need and get the best price no matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a professional mechanic. You don't have to know anything about cars. I know nothing about cars, okay? But you go to Rock Auto. Ross Jackson, who's been on this show. Remember Ross? Locked on Saints. He also hosts Tuesday Locked on NFL. Had to go buy a new bumper. Rock Auto hooked him up. Low prices for Everyone, this is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got a unique and easy to navigate catalog. And best of all, their prices are reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you pay up to twice as much? They're the same parts. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to let them know we sent you by writing locked on in their how did you hear about us section. This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. How you doing? A Zao you doing special because it's the bye week. Uh, we're still going to be able to talk football and and send us your questions. If you've got questions for Lily and I, we'll do something we haven't done before. A little a Lily a little a Lily a Lily Zao you doing mailbag. Just that's it's just normal Lily Zao. A Lily Zao you doing mailbag um, and and send in your questions and and we will answer them. Uh, we have a guest 
coming up on Thursday, a, a crossover Thursday that's not really a crossover. And then coming up next week, a little surprise for Expert Tuesday, uh, a name that a lot of you know uh, is starting a new thing. And he's going to come on the show and tell us about it, talk football. And uh, thanks to a uh, longtime listener and, and Twitter follower, Pat, for alerting me to uh, the availability of said person. Uh, I reached out and, and he's going to come on and I'm pretty excited about it. So we will be back tomorrow. A lot more with Locked on Packers this week on the bye Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.